Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you. That's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I'm pleased to introduce my special guest, Mr. Brian Harmon. Now, Brian is a co-author with Stephanie Taglianetti of a brand new book. Uh, it's based. Uh, the title is "Learn, Laugh, Lead: How to Avoid a Huge Leadership." Now, you did not hear me stutter there. I said that, and uh, so we're not going to talk about poop the whole time, uh, but I want you to know a little bit about Brian's book. It's absolutely hilarious. I think it's, it's funny. It's also current and very appropriate to our world today. Uh, they even call it the industrial role of toilet paper the professional world has been hoping for. Now, I know many of you probably didn't know you were hoping for it, but you were and you'll enjoy the book. Uh, a little bit about Brian. Uh, Brian is uh, a, a business guy. He has an MBA. He's been in business since 2005, working in uh, corporate leadership, supply chain management, currently working on his PhD uh, at uh, Pepperdine. Uh, but the cool part is this crazy book, and uh, I absolutely loved it. So before we jump into the book, Brian, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Yes, Steve, thank you so much. This is an absolute privilege. I love your podcast and happy to be with you here today. Well, thank you very much. And I know our audience is going to have a a lot of fun. Uh, Before we start interviewing, why don't you share with our audience uh, what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Yeah, I'd like to do that. So my fun, adventurous side has been busy in the San Francisco Bay. My wife and son and I like to go sailing. Uh, so we try to do that two days a week. Uh, we just had some friends in town and uh, took, got to take the boat out for quite a nice few days here. The weather's been great and that's where our focus has been outside of 
the home and the, the workplace. But in addition to that, I like to do the paddle boarding. So I keep a nice little board there on my boat and try to get on that as, as often as possible. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, I, I know that that's something that you and your family will enjoy for years and years together. That's awesome. Uh, Brian, uh, as, as we begin to talk about the book today, uh, I, I really I wanted to uh, talk about the way you introduce yourself uh, in the book. It's really fun because uh, I kind of gave the audience, the listeners, the bad version of who you are. Why don't you give them a little sense of who you really are? Sure, sure. That's So that's the tough question. And <laughs> when especially for young people and and business students college students in general they about to embark on their entire lives to get out there in the world and figure out how do i present myself to people when they ask questions like tell me about yourself and so my story in particular uh, is not a perfect story uh, i also don't believe that my struggles are any worse or better than anyone else's i believe that Generally speaking, everyone is awesome and interesting in their own way. But for me, my life is full of love and adventure. I was very lucky and fortunate to marry my first childhood love, who is still my wife, my longtime wife today. Uh, we're happily married up in the San Francisco area. Uh, we spend a lot of time with our two dogs and our son. Uh, the uh, love that I have for my wife is, is something I feel lucky for. Uh, it's a, it's a, something that, that I also work on more than anything else, even though I have a book and a job and a consulting firm. Uh, I think my first job and my most important job is to have a, a good home life. So, so my wife's happiness is very important to me. She is the reason that I try to thrive as a, a global leader in my field. Uh, so, so I consider her my real CEO, my, my life coach, my, <laughs> my partner, my stylist and, and really everything. So, I find that in my life the, the basis for any struggle. Uh, I did suffer from a rare disease in my spine. I've had several surgeries, uh, four and counting at this point. And instead of turning those into really miserable situations uh, and traumatic ones, I, I think that having the people that can anchor you in your life, such as a, a wife and loving family, are ways to turn those into opportunities to practice leadership. I absolutely agree with you, Brian. And uh, the, the reason that I asked you to share that is because I think that all uh, good leaders really have to be relatable and genuine for people to uh, actually respect what they're saying. And you certainly come across that way uh, in your book. And uh, the, the book itself uh, is not really about poop. It's about uh, how you can learn better communication techniques, uh, and really how to tell uh, stories in your everyday life and business. Uh, I'm curious, uh, how in the world did uh, you guys kind of get the idea to share these, these really horrible stories about how managers and leaders actually communicate? What, what prompted you to, to begin to put this fun book together? Great question, and it's, it's one that I really enjoy to answer. Stephanie and I are actually cousins. Uh, before she moved back to New York and before I moved to San Francisco, we spent several years together in Los Angeles. Uh, during that time, we had many conversations. She was 
really trying to make friends and get her way through graduate school at CalArts, mm-hmm. uh, where she finished her Master's of Fine Arts and uh, has just become a brilliant creative writer. But uh, the, the point was, during that time, we are both in graduate school. I was studying uh, finance and economics. She was studying writing. But we were working as teachers, and we also had corporate jobs. And in the jobs, we were finding ourselves excited for the work and towards what we're doing and towards our, our future and our goals, because this is several years back when we're still in grad school. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't like the experiences we were having with, with our supervisors. And it became this thing where we thought, uh, we, we felt like we were funny people, at least with each other. And, and, and our rapport, especially since we're cousins who've been growing up together since uh, childhood. But why isn't some of that vibe apparent in everyday life at work? And some people are lucky enough to have that, but unfortunately, most of us are not. So we start asking around. We talk to our friends, our family, our colleagues, and it turns out everyone's got bad bosses. Nobody's perfect. But how can we figure out a way to link what kind of fun we've had working together into the the corporate culture and organizational philosophy of today. So that that's where this book started. Uh, but but also the title of your show, Steve, uh, Manager Mojo. This this term Mojo has become very important to us because what I, what we feel is the Mojo in each of us is the magic, the pride, the passion that we put into everything that we do. That idea aligns with everything that Stephanie and I write about, and we emphasize the importance of storytelling, but also the middle part of our book is all about optimism and changing your time perception to, to really show up in each and every moment. We also believe that every interaction or encounter is a, a way to be a leader. If you're going to uh, use that mojo and that optimism to create a great story, that is fantastic. And not enough of that is happening in, in every moment at work. So, you know, in listening to your podcast, I feel like we're friends, Steve, because <laughs> I've, I've gotten to know you through your interviews and things. And, and hopefully one day uh, it'll be okay for me to call you Caldy as your friends do as well. But <laughs> you're already telling so many of these great stories. So I think you get it. And I hope it's something that your audience and listeners can pick up on. Well, I appreciate that, uh, Brian. And, and I agree. I, I, I thought that, I mean, I found myself laughing out loud as I read the book on uh, the stories because Brian uh, shares uh, stories that, uh, in, in particular, I'm not going to uh, kind of give away the book because I want you to go get a copy because I know you'll enjoy it as much as I did. But he talks about how uh, managers, a lot of times, they, they go to, a, uh, they've got to give a speech to either their team or people, and they're not prepared. And it, it's really, uh, it's comical when you think about how many times leaders go into situations without being prepared. Would you say that's a fair statement, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's unfortunate because leaders get off the hook way too easy these days. For that reason, I also believe that people look towards the media for those role models or people to admire. And there's uh, not a lot of positive things being said about leaders today, especially in politics, especially in uh, these, these horrific stories about uh, harassment. It, it's just really disgusting. And, you know, leaders have a responsibility. So when, when I was in Peru teaching grad student, students last month about the important, uh, importance of crafting their personal stories, uh, at night I would go back to the hotel with all the pro- other professors in this program and 
we would talk about the importance of our responsibility for crafting and, and helping to shape these leaders of tomorrow. I mean, these graduate students already have medical degrees, advanced engineering degrees, and then they're coming back to school for an MBA so they can go and lead the world and lead positive change. So, yeah, those are the types of leaders that that will thrive because they get the message. Um, but, yeah, yeah, today uh, th- there could be more positivity out there and, and some more mojo, so to speak. Well, there, there definitely could. I, I think that uh, too many people really are, are uh, they don't realize how powerful they can be when they have an optimistic, uh, well-planned, powerful message to share. And uh, in you, the humor that you and Stephanie use in putting this book together, I think encourages every one of us to sit down and think about how we can actually uh, communicate better. And you, you recommend uh, personal and memorable stories as a, a part of a way to do it. And you already mentioned optimism, but you, you mentioned one other thing in, in your book that uh, I found to be incredibly rare today. Uh, and that is that you mentioned about learning how to listen. And uh, why is listening so important? And, you know, what do, what do you recommend for those of us that maybe struggle in that area? Listening is not something that I come to take credit for on finding this, this as a skill that's underrated. I was doing research for my PhD, and I put out a survey to business leaders about what is what they thought the most important skill as a leader, and they rated listening as the number one skill. But also somewhat troubling is they also rated listening as their least practiced skill. Right. So in that huge disparity between it being important, but nobody tries to do it and practice it and learn it, I found that to be very interesting uh, because I didn't know those would be the results of the study. And in fact, they were contrary to my original beliefs because the other thing that I had in the, the survey was about uh, trust and guidance and uh, building trusted relationships with your close circle. So listening was, was kind of off the grid for me, and, and it, was, it was good to see that. So that's what business leaders are saying today, uh, but they're not doing anything about it. So in the book, I talk about the importance of taking on that student mindset where you're, uh, you're never – and this is how I feel about myself in storytelling. I'm not a master storyteller, but I do practice it a lot. And there's never going to be a point where I come in my life where I say, oh, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to work on this anymore. I've already reached my, my top level. So there's no top level for communication. You can always get better. And, and that's how I feel that, that people should be about listening. And you could always be better. And we should take notice to that and be self-aware enough to call that out on us. I totally agree with you, uh, and I, I do find it interesting that people recognize that they need to listen more, uh, but then they don't practice it, and it, it comes across in so many different ways where uh, you could be having an interaction with a team member or your team as a group, uh, but you'll find people cutting off the other one. They don't, they don't listen to the full thought. And so all you're doing is destroying your credibility. I don't think that it's optional today uh, to be poor at listening. I, I think you actually have to, to practice it religiously. 
because you never know what you're going to find out when you truly listen. And uh, so I'm, I personally uh, enjoyed your stories about how to, uh, how to actually listen better uh, and, and why it actually benefits you. And I, so I, I think that's very important because it does allow you, when you listen, uh, you point out in the book that it allows you to actually relate per, more personally, I guess, to other people. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it is. And, and one of the reasons I wrote about listening in the book outside of the survey was because there's a leader in my life that has been truly inspirational to me, someone who's had an impact on how I approach leadership uh, just from basic principles. And his name is Jeff DeFranco. He's a president of Lake Tahoe Community College. Mm -hmm. uh, he and I were fortunate enough uh, to do some projects together. And when I was first introduced to him face to face, I thought he had a hearing problem because he was, it was almost as if he was so focused that he was trying to read my lips. And I ended up asking him uh, a little bit into our conversation, you know, are you having trouble hearing me or, 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 or can I speak louder? And he said, he said, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to listen. I just want to listen. And every time I finished something, he'd ask me a question to elaborate and really understand some of these key things. That has a lot to do with how we tell stories too and trying to put language on uh, these ideas that we have in our head and articulating language is, is something our society is really bad at, in fact. So listening first and really asking to elaborate on details is, is something that um, he, he has taught me the importance of. Well, that's awesome that uh, Jeff helped you understand it. Uh, many people will say, well, you know, maybe I'm not very good at it. And they, they have the excuse they don't have practice. But I'll tell you right now, if you want to really improve your relationship, start listening better to your spouse. And uh, <laughs> you will learn in a hurry what you didn't hear correctly. And uh, I, I am uh, constantly working at learning to listen on a deeper level and because uh, I, I think that it's the true missing agreement I think social media uh, is is partly to blame because people are so used to they call it communicating uh, you know in Twitter they talk about the 140 characters and there that is a form of communication but it's one way it's outbound it's not it, it's not give and take it's not really relatable to the, the other person so uh, I, uh, I really enjoyed you sharing uh, a, l a little bit about uh, your relationship with your friend at the president. And uh, the thing that's interesting about that, you guys are still friends today, are you not? Yeah, very close friends. In fact, we're, uh, I spent an hour on the phone with him this morning. We have this really nice cadence of follow-up calls where we check in with each other and bounce our leadership ideas off each other. Uh, we've even had the opportunity to do some consulting work together. And so that this friendship really blossomed into not just him being a mentor to me, but, but also a mentor in both directions. So that, that's one of those trusted relationships I'm fortunate to have. And this is what some of the other business writers out there are, are calling, you know, your super tribe. And uh, it, that's equally as important to this whole storytelling thing as having those circle of friends there. It, it absolutely is. And I, I just want to share a, a, a question that I really loved in your book. And it's this one question you ask us. You said, are you another shadow in the crowd or a voice to be heard? 
Now, that to me is, is really profound. And uh, why don't you share with our listeners really uh, a little bit of the context behind that question. What are you hoping for us to, to hear when, when you ask that question? I look back on the historical figures that have provided inspiration to me before I was born, such as George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I think about what their message was and how unique their message was. They were not similar to each other, these three leaders in particular. They did have something in common. And what they had in common was that they were great storytellers. Oh, they absolutely were. So the thing about the voice, a voice to be heard, and something maybe I should have further emphasized, it's about your voice being who you are and never letting that fall between the wayside because you can be a leader, but if you're not yourself first, if you don't lead with that authenticity and that genuine nature, the, um, I mean, the, the research just shows that you will not find as much, nearly as much success that way. Yeah, that's when work really becomes a job, in my opinion. Uh, you're just going through the motions because you need a paycheck. You're not really benefiting yeah, exactly. anybody. Now, Brian, I know that uh, people are going to want to know more about how to connect with you. Why don't you share how they can connect with you or maybe a website or an email, whatever you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. So we have uh, (coughs) me and I, my co-author. She and I are doing a free webinar series that will start in a few weeks and it will go on continuously. So there's some people in your audience that want to sign up for that. It's totally free. And the purpose there is so that we can give out some free takeaways from the book if you don't have time to read as much. Uh, The book is very short. Uh, Depending on the format, it's definitely less than 100 pages. And we were trying to give people a very short and funny way to absorb this leadership culture that is sometimes in in not-so-funny formats. So please reach out to us, get involved in the webinars, uh, reach out to us for a storytelling workshop with your organization or, or any consulting work. And our website is bmhallmark.com. That stands for Business Management Hallmark. And the the hallmark is, again, our pride and passion, putting our stamp of approval on everything that we do. So we're we're very careful about uh, putting our name on things, and we just want people to be able to tell their story and have the same optimism towards their career that we have. That's awesome, Brian. And uh, for those of you that are exercising, don't worry. We're going to put a link directly in this post so that you can connect uh, to Brian's website. And uh, I encourage you to connect and listen to the webinars and more importantly, get the book and you're going to get some really cool takeaways. And uh, he's, he's got a lot of cool tips for us. Brian, as, as we uh, kind of come to a close with our conversation today, I like to get action items from people. And based on your opinion, what would you recommend to be the top two action items that people should take based on our conversation today? Good question. The first action item I would say is spend some time to develop your personal story. If you can do that, and have the elevator pitch of you just on a personal level outside of business, you can start to think about those things that are important, such as what are your future goals? What do you want people to say about you uh, when when you die? Uh, You know, and they're at your funeral talking about you. What are the legacies that you want to leave behind? Put those things into your story. Tell your story. Practice your story. 
And then number two is use every opportunity you have to practice storytelling and communicate these messages from your personal story or otherwise. And that way you can just find better relationships, but more trusted relationships, get involved in that super tribe we talked about. Uh, so yeah, every opportunity, whether it's with a parking attendant or the person that's bagging your groceries, you have the impact that you want to have and bringing optimism into everyone's life is key there. Uh, I think those are two outstanding action items, uh, Brian, and I highly recommend that we all do that. And uh, listen, uh, it, it has been a joy to talk with you today. And I want to remind our leaders that uh, Brian Harmon, he's the uh, co-author of Learn, Laugh, Lead, How to Avoid a Huge Leadership. Uh, his co-author, uh, Stephanie Taglianetti. Uh, it is a, a humorous book, but it's also very serious in the message, and it gives us really good action uh, items to follow up on. So, Brian, congratulations on the book, and uh, we certainly appreciate you sharing uh, your stories and your talent with all of us, uh, and especially here at Manager Mojo. Yeah, pleasure's all mine, Steve. Thank you for this great opportunity thank you oh my pleasure uh, i will leave everybody with reminding you brian asked us to a, a key question i love this question he says are we going to be a skid mark in the pants of life or are we going to be the leader people needed that's a fantastic question for all of us to have and we're going to end with that today Brian Harmon, thank you again, and best wishes from all of us here at Manager Mojo. Very good. Thanks, Steve. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Brian and that you'll take his advice and start moving toward actions right away. Take those two actions that he recommended and get busy on becoming the leader that others will follow.